Hey everybody, Tyler here. Just want to let everyone know that uh, in this episode there are uh, some fairly large spoilers for the films True Grit and The Fighter. So just want to let everyone know that before you listen to it. Uh, thank you. Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. Thank you for listening. David. Yeah. How you doing? Uh, it sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are the, we going back to this? Yeah, I feel like the sound is much improved over our, our normal normal episodes. Yeah, I guess so, Which, yeah. I mean, Battleship Pretension sounds way better than the average Film Geek podcast. Absolutely. Not pointing any fingers. But th- this isn't Skype here. Exactly. <laughs> we got a soundboard. Why are you always taking down Slash Film? Oh, just because they have, I'd say, 15 times uh, the number <laughs> of listeners we do. But here, here, here's the deal. If you're wondering, you know, do not adjust your headset. <laughs> if you're wondering why it sounds so great, it's because we're back in the Never Not Funny Studios yeah. for our 200th episode. Congratulations, David. Yeah. With special guests, the hosts of Never Not Funny, Jimmy Pardo and Matt Belknap. Hello. Hi there. Congratulations, yeah. gentlemen, on 200. Thank, Thank you. you. Welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said that. What, how many have you guys done? Because you don't do them by number anymore. Yeah, we were we were talking about it the other day, and we don't actually know. First season was 60, second season was 40. That's 100. And then we've done uh, 26 three, episodes. four, five, six, seven, five of 26. Mm-hmm. So that's so 130. 130 plus. So 230, like plus 236, 237? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Jeez. Right in that area. See, for, uh, you know, when we first started out, we felt like Never Not Funny had been around forever. Turns out, yeah. well, but 37 episodes is almost, uh, that's more than half a year. That's three, uh, mm-hmm. three quarters yeah, of a year. Yeah, I'm just saying that's, uh, when it's four and a half years, that half year is a yeah. little bit less impressive. So uh, I'm just saying we're... You're taking n- us down you know, a notch. <laughs> yeah, we're coming yeah, up, coming up uh, on your six. Do yeah. you want us to take uh, about seven months off so you can <laughs> catch up? <laughs> or do you, do you start doing two a week's? That's, uh, that's How about that, that, fellas? Ah. Go marin on it. Yeah, Ma- marinate. Go marin on it. <laughs> yeah, marinate. Marinate it. <laughs> marinate it. Oh, that's pretty solid. Um, yeah, I, I am fascinated by the notion of... Now, of course, Battleship Retention is significantly different than Never Not Funny in many ways. We do have a lot of their guests, but... Uh, <laughs> true. The, uh, Join but the club. <laughs> that's another club you guys remember of. <laughs> All right. We uh, Grandma uh, would. For the reference, because, uh, Jimmy, you've, yeah, there was an episode quite a while ago where you mentioned how um, uh, uh, an episode of your podcast. Yes. Where you mentioned how often we have poached your guests. <laughs> Is that true? Is that something I said out loud? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I may have said that for humor, gentlemen. Oh, yeah. That yeah. You listen. I'm, I'm sure you did. Uh, there's um, other podcasts that do it, too. I'm not really, yeah. uh, I'm not angry with you kids. I think you guys do a terrific job. You guys talk about movies. Uh, <laughs> I want to mention for the pictures. record, though. Yes. We had Jen Kirkman before you did. And Paul Rust. Holy and Paul Rush. I feel like that counts. I feel like we're all right, though. So. Uh, you know what? I apologize. Uh, those are two <laughs> people that uh, obviously uh, we did not think to ask until uh, after you guys. <laughs> I did not know you had them before us. That Very would require me to episodes. listen. We probably never would have booked them if we had known they had done your show. <laughs> At all. <laughs> they did have that BP stink all over them. <laughs> oh, we blacklist anybody that shows up on your program. <laughs> um, yeah, it was interesting. That, uh, that, that interaction in which you... Uh, you uh, of course, you were making a joke about uh, us taking all your guests, but it did prompt 
an email from Matt to us before that episode was, was released saying, hey, we have a little fun at your expense in this episode. Uh, <laughs> oh, did you, uh, you say you safety forgot, noted it? I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. But we, it was fine. Boy, if we did that every week, we'd uh, you'd, <laughs> you'd have, have arthritis. and have a lot of emails to write, that's for sure. Um, because you're friends and we didn't want you to take it the wrong mm, way. You'd we have arthritis. <laughs> um, but what I was starting to say is that uh, the Mopies. podcasts are, are, are very differently. <laughs> uh, you guys, of course, I mean, it's a paid podcast. It's one of the few out there. Very successful. And so when someone congratulates you guys on like a 200th episode, it's like a big deal. Like it's your, you know, it's a job. It's uh, something you do for a living. When so, like congratulations for us really just means we didn't have anything else going, <laughs> so we just kept this going for 200 episodes. Listen, I hear what you're saying. I like the self-deprecation. <laughs> but you know what? In this world of podcast, I mean, it's obviously the, 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 the... Jimmy, Jimmy, we're still doing the show. <laughs> I, the, uh, the landscape has changed, but I think if you, uh, to do 200, it shows that you, you made a commitment, whereas other ones uh, come and go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, I, I, I think uh, congratulations yeah. are certainly Absolutely. in order. Absolutely. Free or paid, it's all about uh, you, it's, it's, it's how you treat the show. If you treat it as uh, a goof-off thing, then it's going to come through, and you guys take it seriously, and you do a good program, and I think that shows. No, thank you. And aren't we yeah. condescending assholes? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're better than you guys. You, guys. you can be proud of your little coffee, <laughs> fellas. I was, I was saying the exact opposite. <laughs> we're not so different. Sure, what? we're not so different. I think you and I. I think it's exactly. It sounded like you were being like you're like some great sage, giving them. Well, sure, my tone was condescending. It was awful. But what I was saying was very gracious. If you, if you put the words on a piece of paper, you'd be like, "Wow, that's a really nice thing to say." Not if I read them. <laughs> yeah, because you read everything in the worst possible tone. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't go see movies with subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> guy's an asshole. What? I gotta write that down. That's actually a pretty good joke for the future. Not that piece of paper. That one's already written on. This barbarian invasions movies. Why is everyone so mad at each other? I think that's funny. I would have enjoyed that. Uh, is this whose is this? You can use it. It's from. All uh, right. I'm gonna. I am gonna write that. One of the now. 73 shows so, that's recorded here. Wow. <laughs> Well, Jimmy's writing, Matt, you were here last, actually, a mm-hmm. hundred weeks ago. Yes. On our 100th episode. Right, right. Uh, with uh, another favorite, uh, Joel, Joel Church Cooper was yeah. the guest. But we've, we've, we've upgraded. <laughs> it seems unfair to Mr. Cooper. Mr. Church Cooper. Mr. Church Cooper. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you got to throw a church right in the middle of that. You're interesting. That's <laughs> his name. What? His name. No, don't make me email him. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That's hey, Joe. We were on this show. You don't listen to. <laughs> <laughs> just keep not listening. Oh, I just listen because you said listen. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't seem like so long ago, but I guess it was two years ago, huh? Yeah. Wow. Geez. What you you have not been on since uh, since one hundred? And when was I on, guys? Like episode four? Sixty two. Sixty two. Huh? Seven away. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, so we uh, obviously do not have a specific uh, topic today. That, that's, a, that's what I was getting into. Let, yeah, um, we're, we're sort of fortunate timing-wise that um, our, you know, a hundred episodes is roughly two years, and our anniversaries tend to fall at the end of the, or the beginning of a new year. So, there's topics to talk about. Basically, yes. everyone's top ten list. There's uh, this is a, a, a the end. This is sort of the end of the season of the big. Uh, Oscar contender movies. Yeah. So they're still a, out, of course. They're still out there. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Um, Get out there. You got to see something in February because there's nothing. That's right. <laughs> New Green Hornet. That's worth Green it. Hornet. Supposedly not as bad as everyone said it was. I never knew be. it was supposed to be bad. I, I, I just saw that it was coming out. Everybody's upset that they're in a commercial. 
So everybody assumes oh, yeah. it's going to stink because the guy wants a taco. Well, and I mean, or a like Carl's Jr. A, it's not just a commercial. I, it's like I think the it's low hand, end. Hand breaded chicken strips. <laughs> you don't Is it want Carl's chicken? Jr. It's Carl's Jr. Yeah. What's wrong with it? You don't, you don't like a nice chicken strip? I, I tried. I tried those. And they're terrible. Oh boy! All right. Like great. even four fast food chicken strips, it was not really. I usually wow. like Carl's Jr. Me I think too. They, uh, they put together a nice uh, package over there. I used to have this like composure, and I've broken myself of it in the past year or two. Whenever any fast food chain would advertise some new ridiculous stupid thing yeah i had to like i felt like i took it as like a challenge you'd get like the pastrami hamburger you'd <laughs> yeah, go and you'd I, be the guy that'd get that, that. <laughs> yeah and yeah. was that any good uh no oh no um <laughs> i love the idea the fact that i'm obviously dying of some sort of disease and i'm losing <laughs> seven pounds as i sit here uh i'm with you i would have uh, i would have gone pastrami uh, hamburger in a heartbeat yeah and uh i wish i could i really i see that Poster and I, Ugh. oh, I like pastrami. I like hamburgers, but you know that's too much meat. You don't know anything about that. I like a bacon cheeseburger. Yeah, but bacon is is like you could. I was just talking about this this morning actually with my wife. What amount of bacon would be too much? <laughs> like I, I seriously can't imagine a number of slices of bacon that I'd be like, I can't have another one. If <laughs> I was a kid, I would tell you twelve strips. Twelve, but now I would say four, three. I think uh, what what. Is too I, much? If I have three strips, I'm like I'm eyeing everybody else's. Like, are you gonna finish that? Are you gonna finish that? <laughs> so that, when you say too much, do you mean like physically that you can physically ingest, or what? do you mean, literally mean like okay, guilt is starting to kick in about five strips? No, not I'm not, guilt aside. What okay. would make my body tell me to stop eating bacon? So where do you come in at? Well, Elise said ten, and I was like, "That's ridiculous." Like ten, I might be satisfied, but I would not be complete. You'd want more than ten strips? I think so. I say you go with six, just like the six degrees of separation with Kevin Bacon. Yeah, I say you go six strips. I just, we're assuming we're talking about the yeah, see what good I did? bacon. I brought it around to movies. Like brought it into movies. You, for you brought guys. it back to movies, which I appreciate. Cause I'm helpful. These guys aren't doing any of that, and I certainly didn't help. <laughs> I was going to bring. Riff. I was going to bring up uh, like weird uh, tie-ins and stuff. I was eating at IHOP, which is, I guess, a mistake, but I was eating at IHOP, and they had, uh, like, Despicable Me stuff. And I was like, Despicable wow. Me seems like a bigger movie than, yes, to, it does. than I IHOP. IHOP. I don't, have you, did you see it? I did. I enjoyed it to a point. Oh, I think IHOP's uh, I enjoyed the gadgets. very applicable and accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember a time when IHOP was tied into any movie, or any movie was tied into IHOP. Right. Yeah. Listen, the landscaping of podcasting has changed, <laughs> and people are... Uh, <laughs> Are you doing me condescending, Matt? Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Free or paid. <laughs> Idiot. The commitment you make. <laughs> I'm, I'm sending a message to all the other podcasts. I'm telling you what it, what it takes. Oh, I think they're committed. We actually, we were on, uh, we were on a uh, podcast called The Marketplace of Ideas, which is just this interview show, and he, the guy who's a fan of ours. and, uh, and towards His name is Colin Marshall. Colin Marshall. He's a well, very good... Uh, radio host and interviewer in his own right. Uh, we weren't doing a favor for a fan. No, it's absolutely. <laughs> no, no. Uh, he was doing a favor for us. Um, but uh, but at the end, we were talking about, you know, if you're a kind of the same thing, if you're a movie podcast, just commit to it, and all and most of your competition will just fall away because people get bored with it. Mm-hmm. And I just kept, like, ta- giving advice to, you know, <laughs> budding podcasters. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dave was just like, yeah, you know, we don't, I mean, we don't get paid for this or <laughs> anything. Exactly let's just corner the market. Yeah, let's just uh, you know take the hubris down just a little bit. You're going to be the last one standing. I predict it. Damn right. Really? <laughs> yeah. 
Benson, your stronger man. Well, the way I mean, guys, the rate at which you're wasting away, we're certainly to you. Did you did you happen to run over a gypsy or something like that? Okay, yeah. People listening don't realize that Jimmy came in looking very slim. I've lost weight. He's lost some weight, but I like I said when I saw you, I I saw you on Thursday. It's Sunday, and I I swear to God, you look ten pounds. Slimmer than I. Well, I think ago. it's just. I think it's the shirt. I think the shirt you is were wearing uh, a very similar shirt on Thursday. <laughs> I, you know what? Uh, I hated these shirts until I lost weight. Now I. Uh, I know the thermal long sleeve is the bane of your existence until you lose the gut that you yeah. are embarrassed of. And you know this like, isn't our show. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm yelling at us. No, I know. We're talking about shirts <laughs> with that they don't have movie logos. on He started them. it by talking about movie podcasts and <laughs> movies and tie-ins. <laughs> movies. Yeah, that's, that's how it started. Yeah. Uh, I, Here's so we were thing. talking about top 10s. People have been listening to our bullshit for 200 episodes. Well, let's talk about that. But it's at least fine. you're talking about movies. <laughs> we, we're, we're talking we about long sleeve shirts for three minutes. Yeah, we can't do anything. That's why our show is just is in, like, you can't explain what it is to people because we can't yeah. stay on one thing long enough for it to be <laughs> about one thing. Yeah. But we talk about, uh, we, you know, talk about uh, perseverance, sticking with it for 200 episodes. <laughs> Would you guys, Jimmy and Matt, have thought that, me, the guy who came up to you, Matt, after CNX Tuesday, right? Or the guy who worked at the ArcLight who, appro- <laughs> who approached you at the gift shop, would you have thought in four years <laughs> you'd be? Uh, I would still be in any way a yes. part of your life. <laughs> yes, I said to my wife after that interaction at that gift shop, I said that fellow's going to go somewhere with a non-paid job. That guy's going to commit to his hobby. Now, mark my words. I give it no more than two hundred and fifty, but certainly two hundred episodes yeah. of a yet un. Programmed podcast. I said that to my wife. Then we sat down and enjoyed the Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? That's uh, the uh, the second. Um, no, this was four years ago. The movie you were there to see was The Lookout. Okay, wow. nut bar. Creepy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Lookout. What's The yeah. Lookout? That's a good. Movie. That was a good, good movie. movie. That yeah. was with uh, the kid from uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah. Joseph Gordon Levitt. You never saw that? He no. plays a lookout. <laughs> Uh, there's a bank heist, right? Is it a bank heist? Yeah, yeah. And he yeah. works. He works in the bank, and he's had uh, some. He was a hockey player, got brain damage. And yeah, that's kind of the only job he can get. Uh-huh. Jeff yeah. Daniels is in it. Jeff Daniels is in it. Matthew Good. Right. Good movie. That's a good movie. How do you? Isla see Fisher. It? Why do you remember what movie I was seeing? Because I. Asked you, and I'm a movie geek. Oh, all right. I remember, and he's a big Pardo fan. That yeah. is true. I remember the next the next time I saw you at. At the at the arc light, yes. you had like mentioned Battleship Pretension on, uh, on on Never Not Funny, so I came up to you to to thank you for that, and I was like, "So what are you here to see?" And you were like, "Like almost ashamed." You're like, "Blades of Glory." Matt said it was good. <laughs> oh Christ! Uh, <laughs> I have to talk about this again. That's the one. That's the one that he and I and uh, we've never disagreed on anything more in our lives. So that I saw you be just true. mere moments before this rift began, <laughs> before the <laughs> anger set in. Uh. I was with my beautiful wife that day as well, if I'm not mistaken. We yeah. saw that together. Yeah. In silence. You know what we saw last night? You know what popped on the television last night? Here we go. And we maintain this may be one of the most underrated comedies of all time. All right. Rat Race. I enjoy Rat Race quite a bit. I I saw it. I haven't seen it since it was in the theater, but I watched it with, uh, I went and saw it with my mom because it's a good mom type movie. It's a safe kind of movie, right? Yeah. Not going to be a lot of sexual humor in there. (laughs) And, uh, and it really is. I mean, it's it's trying to be like it's a madman, mad, mad, yeah. mad world, and all that. And it's it does kind of have that old time quality to it. And I really enjoyed it. I liked Rowan Atkinson. Mm-hmm. In it. I liked uh, John Lovitz, and I John Lovitz was great. In it. Uh, Wayne Knight, uh, who's an actor that I really enjoy, he was in it. And uh, Newman, a, Newman, is, yes. you know what's interesting? <laughs> I do not care for Wayne Knight generally, really? but I liked him in this. Yeah, 
He's just, uh, it's, he's just a really I, Seth great Seth Green's movie. very funny in this. And the guy, Vince I don't Viloff. remember. What was that? Vince Viloff. Is that the name of his character? The, no, that's the actor's name who... Uh, who plays his brother. Uh, with, yes. With okay. His, like swollen tongue? Yeah. He bites his tongue or and something. Yeah. <laughs> and you would think that joke would get old. It didn't for me. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Everyone go see Rat Race. You'll, there's uh, a, I mean, there's a, I mean I'm, I, listen, fellas, I'm a professional comedian. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I like your independent film as much as anybody, but there... I, it came on last night, and was mm-hmm. like, you know what? Maybe we were just in a great mood when we saw that, and we, and we ended up laughing last night. Yeah. I feel like I've heard other people say this about Rat Race, and I, I just think it was so. It looked so bad. I wonder, other than you and your mom, I don't know that anyone actually saw it when it came out. Well, you know why Danielle and I saw it because we went to see Glitter because we wanted to be that ironic. Okay, yeah. let's go see Glitter. That's got to be horrible, and it was so horrible that we had to cleanse our palates. Yeah. So as we were walking past the movie, the, the, the actual you know theater playing Rat Race, mm-hmm. we were like, well, let's just sneak in there. And we sat in there and laughed like crazy for an hour crazy. and 42 minutes. Is Whoopi Goldberg in that? Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. yeah. I hope we're past the statute of limitations on stealing, you know, sneaking into a I mean, movie. Well, listen, they don't know what the – that theater is closed, sir. Oh, okay. Probably, you know why? They weren't making money. <laughs> Guy sneaking Was in. Was it Beverly yeah. Connection? Yeah, Beverly uh, Center. Oh, Beverly. Oh, they're closed, too? Yeah, they're closed now, too. Wow, I haven't been up there in a while. Uh, it, um, a lot of fun. There. John Cleese plays that really rich guy. He's got a bunch of rich friends, and they bet on anything. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I mean, and ridiculous, like, who can hang from the curtains longer? <laughs> and then you just they cut to the scene, and they're just a bunch of little Mexican guys hanging from curtains. And then a guy falls, and they'll go, all right, who had four minutes? Who had four minutes? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of fun in there. It's one of those movies. I, I'd like to look this up. In fact, Danielle and I talked about it this morning. Uh, to see who wrote it, because I, you I'll wonder it if it's right a now. guy that failed or or never did anything again, or is it a guy yeah. that go, oh, that guy created Modern right. Family, or, or it was like right. it's Larry David, you know? exactly. <laughs> really funny movie. So what uh, what funny movies have you seen in two thousand ten? Saw this Rat Race last night. <laughs> I mean, what 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 new? Were you paying attention? Rat Race. Is what <laughs> saying. That's what? Oh, two thousand ten. You said. Oh, I did not see Rat Race in two thousand. <laughs> I saw it in two thousand three and two thousand eleven. All right. Okay. Well, that's I have the answer. Andy Breckman. And we will that find sounds out. familiar. What else has Brecky done? He uh, wrote for SNL. Oh, the Breck and Meyer wrote on Rat Race. And I got problems with Breck and Meyer. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. kind of the straight man in that. It's got to be. He wrote for TV Funhouse. Who did the guy that did Rat Race? Yeah. This guy gets it. Monk. He wrote a, some episodes of Monk. What did he wrote yeah. my episode? Yeah. What episode of Monk did he write? Uh, well, a lot of them. Oh, okay. One hundred and twenty-five. Oh, I bet you he so wrote mine. Mine had a little bit of humor. Oh, but his. It's also. It says created. Creator slash written by, oh, so, so I guess he's, he's a big monk. part of it. Oh, he created Monk. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. All right, he's, this guy's doing okay. Yeah, yeah. he's and he'll uh, be all right. <laughs> he'll be all right. Sergeant Bilko, the movie. Okay, well, we all have a pox <laughs> on our career somewhere. Oh, and he wrote IQ, one of my least favorite movies of all time. What is that? Information quotient. This is the one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. It's with uh, Tim Robbins and Meg, Meg Ryan, Ryan and Walter Matthau, Walter Matthau as, as Albert Einstein. As Einstein. Oh, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. That was horrible. It's Listen, it's, it's hard enough to get a movie made. You're lucky uh, this gentleman uh, ma- had made many, and we wish him luck as we do yes. all the aspiring writers. It's not aspiring, it's successful. Let me ask you a question. Uh, what, uh, well, you just mentioned that idea. It's like it's hard enough get, to get it made, <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, I remember I, I saw the first Transformers with a friend of mine who was uh, an aspiring filmmaker. He's since uh, left the city, but... Uh, Right after seeing uh, Transformers. <laughs> Don't blame him. But uh, So he and I saw it, and I didn't like it. I thought it was really awful, and as most people did. Not most people. It made millions of dollars. Gazillions of dollars. Hundreds of people in your social circle. Exactly, yes. The eight people I know. 
really didn't care. Just for because it. a lot of people saw it didn't mean doesn't mean they thought it was good. Fair enough. Well, they did see the sequel. I feel like that should could be a whole different group of people. Yeah. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I do have that argument all the time with a mutual friend of ours who uh, will insist. Uh, you know, Bon Jovi was the b- biggest touring uh, artist of 2010. Great. Doesn't mean he's good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. He was available. Yeah. <laughs> he was in a large venue. <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> in a boring place in America. <laughs> yeah. Right. Snooze. Go ahead. I apologize. Um. But uh, so I was I said, like, oh, man, that movie is just really awful. And he he kind of took uh, I, I do. I do notice this every once in a while, like for, for people like myself who are aspiring film critics. Uh, there is a uh, an attitude of like, well, screw you guys. You don't know how hard it is. And just the and may, getting a film made is incredibly hard. There's no question about that. But does that does that mean we can't ever criticize it? Just it's like, well, hey, he got it made. And that's all that matters. Doesn't it matter if the movie's good anymore? Like, I know that you were saying it almost uh, kind of facetiously. Well, no, I think if it's an independent movie, and, uh, yeah. and and even if you don't like an independent movie, it's like, well, the, you know what? The guy got it made. Yeah. But I think if there's a big uh, uh, you know, uh, studio uh, budget behind it that stinks, mm-hmm. uh, lash out. Yeah, I mean, to say that about Transformers, which is like <laughs> yeah. one of the, you know, it's an iconic brand in our culture, and that's why it, was, it is, continues to be successful. Just people see that logo, and they're like, I must pay money. And, no. and so most of the people... Most of the people who worked on Transformers weren't like putting their blood, sweat, and tears into the movie. <laughs> right, they're right. just, you know, what, what, what's what's the word? They're just uh, hat. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do when you I come? Mean, like, if you're punching the clock. Uh, yes, that's uh, except Megan Fox. I think she really was the passion that got those movies made. <laughs> like right. she. Uh, she's not in the third one because it's going in a direction she couldn't abide. Oh, and I think she kind of aged out of the role. <laughs> <laughs> sure, she's a sexy lady. I've not seen Absolutely. one of those films. And I'm no, no interest. Actually, it's um, there have only been. I've said this in the podcast before, but there are only two movies. If I pay to see a movie in the theater, I'm going to stay for the whole thing. Okay. If I watch a movie at home, I have like a deal with myself. Like once I commit, I'm going to watch it. Only twice in my life have I started watching a movie at home and then just taken out the DVD and said I can't do it. Batman and Robin, and the first Transformers. Now, what about in the motion picture house? Have you ever walked out of a movie there? Never. Never have. You stay committed, you sit in the seat. Yeah. That's uh, interesting. Part of that is because I'm like... uh a cheapskate, yeah. And, yeah. Want, and you want to be entertained for but those. But like Jimmy said, you could go to into a different different theater. Sure, yeah. Maybe I should if do you're that. if you're disappointed, that's what I because I'm like you. I I feel like I I cannot walk out of a movie, but I did do it once. What did you walk out? Of? Medicine Man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that is. With that's the, with the Sean, Sean Connery. Oh yeah, looking yeah, yeah. For the cure for cancer in the is Amazon it, jungle. Who's the, is it Madeline Stowe? Who? Mm, I, I don't think so, but uh, I cannot pull the name right now. It's. Uh, is it Madeline Albright? It might be. <laughs> oh, I want. I think it's Lorraine Bracco. Actually, I'm gonna check. No, oh, that's that, not you know Bracco. what that sounds right to me. Sounds right. It's <laughs> Frances McDormand. <laughs> it might be Frances McDormand. Are you, are you being serious? That, this is, these are my guesses. Okay. All right. Kathleen Turner. All these are your guesses. You're thinking of uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. No, Lorraine no, Bracco. Oh, right. score one yeah, for Mel. Good for you. You walked out and you still remembered who's in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, to be honest, I really just w- wanted to see a movie that was starting later, but it and I couldn't buy a ticket. I was under 17 and it was R, so I just bought a ticket what, to Medicine Man. What movie? American Me with oh, uh, oh. with uh, our friend Eddie James Olmos. Yep. Good uh, man. He's a good man. Uh, I walked out of uh, Vegas Vacation. That's the one that uh, I saw that movie twice in the theater. But I, I blame that on <laughs> wow. being. It came out in like ninety six, ninety five, six, ninety five, ninety six. I was young. Do you think I blame two, it on being young? I don't think two people with those experiences <laughs> ever been in the same room together, <laughs> let alone shared airtime on a podcast. Right? We're going to start fighting though. So like, twice I walked out. <laughs> yeah. There is a line. 
I know that I know Vegas vacation times. is terrible, but there's a line that really cracks me up. There's like mishaps on the plane on the way there, and he ends up sticking his arm into the toilet, and he gets that blue uh, stuff yeah. all up his arm, including his sleeve. Yes. And when he checks into the hotel, and the woman, do you know what I'm saying? I'm the already woman, laughing. I don't know what the joke is. <laughs> the woman behind the counter <laughs> great. says, "Like, do you need a towel or something for your arm?" And he goes, "No, it's a birthmark." <laughs> That's funny. He uh, can he can sell a line like yeah. that. Just those little yes. offhand. Uh, no, it's a birthmark. It's I a wonder why I want you know. No, that's weird because there are much worse movies that you've probably sat through. I went... Uh, Pat, Glory. Pat Francis yeah. and I went to see it. Uh, we, a matinee for $2. And, like, I just turned to him and I go, I go, I, go, I, I gotta get out of here. And he goes, oh, I'm glad you said it. <laughs> and we left and went and got salads. But, uh... Weird. I wonder why. Because, yeah, Blades of Glory, I, I would I mean, maintain. honestly, I don't... Vegas Vacation... Yogi not, Bear. Yeah. Well, we, when you have a child, there's no walking out. If they're enjoying it, you stay. Yeah. Uh, but but Vegas Vacation isn't all that bad. It's not good. I don't know. You know what? I'll revisit it. I no, promise no. all three of you that. Don't do it. There's, <laughs> I, I don't fine. care. It's fine. You don't I know. saw right. it twice. I'm even <laughs> thinking. I, I've seen Vegas Vacation twice. I've not seen Dog Day Afternoon once. Oh, I feel like that's here's the deal. Just make I sure either. that you anarchy. <laughs> that's what I should say. To that. Make sure you've seen Vegas Vacation by our four hundred. I'll get back in. I promise. <laughs> I promise you. That. I'll go to Walmart and buy it for the dollar ninety nine DVD. <laughs> All right, episode three hundred. Matt, you got to see the lookout four hundred. Okay. Vegas Vacation. Well, what, wait, one of us has a better deal there. Yeah, <laughs> I'll get to see a good movie. Lookout's a good movie. Awesome. Um, now, uh, now, Matt, when we uh, when we came in today, you said uh, that this was. Being on the show was very exciting for you, not, of course, to be on the show, but <laughs> um, but because it gave you an excuse to see some movies. Because yeah, yeah. you have a child, uh, yeah, I don't, and you don't get to see them I don't often. get to see a lot of movies in the theater, um, or even at home, because uh, we'd usually just watch... There's some, there's good television. I don't, I don't know if you guys want to branch out into TV on this podcast. Sure. A lot of great TV shows out there. So He has uh, a TV podcast. Oh, so. I did not know that. Yeah. What? what? What's this now? I have another podcast, and here's why you don't know, because is it, uh, the co-host is a very good friend of <laughs> both of ours. <laughs> 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 no, it's called Previously On. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Okay, I know. Yeah, the, the co-host is a good friend of both of ours, and um, he refuses. Uh, he's like, he's ashamed. <laughs> it's, uh, Who's you the have co-host? Uh, his name is Sean. Um, you might know him as Jouster. Yeah. If you... Uh, I don't know if you read the. Uh, I don't. Uh, I stay away from message words, but right. uh, <laughs> okay. uh, your no, host Sean. is Sean Ingram. Is that his name? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's his name. Should we um, beep that out or something? Why he does sure. not like to use Whatever. his last name? Uh, he's he so deeply ashamed. No, of being he's been on, a on Battleship Retention and he has used his name. Sean oh, okay. Right. He's a host, right? Is, right. Is, why is he ashamed if he's doing a plan? This is off the air conversation. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> uh, but yes, right, okay. So, so I'm sorry. Oh, what were you? So yeah, yeah I, what movies did you? What did you see, Matt? Did you abandon your your? Wife and child. <laughs> I, well, one I did during the week while they were at uh, preschool and work, respectively. Uh, and Jimmy and I actually coordinated this so that we could talk about something that we hopefully have all seen. I don't know if okay. you guys wow. have seen. You put more thought into this than uh, we did. We may have. I, saw I, I, I ruined my trip to Ikea. <laughs> oh, did you blow it? I got to, I, you know what I got there? I, I almost then blew making the movie. Mm-hmm. It was like my, I tried to sneak in and I, tri- I was on my way to Ikea when Matt said, hey, we probably should see a couple movies before we go on this thing. I go, you know what? That's a great idea. And then, so I got to Ikea in just enough time to not accomplish anything, <laughs> and then get in my car and panic that I'm not going to make the movie. Right. I made the movie. I, I might have missed the, the first uh, 40 minutes, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think I missed, like, the first four minutes. Okay. Uh, so what did you see Friday? We saw, I saw Friday. We both separately in separate parts of Los Angeles saw True Grit. Oh, good. Okay. A true okay. story. You've seen it, both of you? Yeah. Yes. 
and uh, and then last night I saw the fighter. Okay, oh, so you okay. saw two, a couple of drones. I was afraid you were going to see Black Swan because I have not going to say because nope. I have not seen it. in I I know to be I know Jimmy's seen it. I, everyone I talk about is strong. Mm. Opinion. Oh, you haven't. Mm. Oh, was that Pat saying that he? <laughs> uh, Danielle saw my beautiful wife saw oh, okay. it. I thought you and Pat were talking about how horrible it was, but I did not did. see it. Okay, Pat and I have differing opinions. I know about a lot of people movie. like that movie. It's uh, I'm going to spoil like mm. two weeks from now. Mm. Mm. Don't spoil the movie. No, no, just spoil. Uh, you can say your opinion. Don't ruin your podcast, podcast two weeks from now. No, don't do that either. <laughs> uh, it is my favorite movie of the year. Right? Whoa! Now. You're telling me that the movie that my <laughs> wife and one of my closest friends despise. My wife thinks it may be the worst movie in the history of motion pictures. And she was a dancer. <laughs> oh. uh, and she's black. <laughs> You're saying that's your now favorite movie. She's black. Uh, it is my yeah. A uh, <laughs> movie that my wife. Came home and almost divorced me. <laughs> what? To get why away from. I have no idea what you have to do with it. I don't know. I like swans. Yeah. <laughs> I, mentioned, I mentioned a foul and she got angry. Uh, that's amazing. I got to see this film. It's, this is such a polarizing I know. Film. That's the thing. Yeah. I, ever, I, don't, I only know, well, you are now the second person I know who thinks it's fabulous. Everyone else I know thinks it's awful. So I feel like I have to see it to know. I know two other guys that thought it was great. Okay, it's it's not. It certainly is not a perfect film, but I I actually put it in the same okay the same category as movies like Apocalypse Now and like Vertigo and Whoa. There Will Be Blood movies where you feel like the and I'm not a Darren Aronofsky fan okay, by good. and large. Oh, was I was made, about to ask. You. What did you make? Two movies? Uh, he Four did. Let's see. He did Pie for a Dream. Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, the oh, okay, I apologize. The Fountain and the Wrestler. Yeah. So this is his fifth feature, I guess. Yeah. You don't and like the wrestler? I do like the wrestler. I like. I like. But you don't like the Requiem. performances. You don't like Requiem for a Dream. I don't. No. That's the important thing. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, so I, I I went in being like I guess I have to see this for Oscar stuff and right. then that's it and I went in and it won me over not because it's perfect but because like those other movies I listed it's just audacious it's just a, a filmmaker who you kind of feel like his his whole attitude was I have this story to make I don't really know what it is but I have to do it. And uh, it's the power of Christ compelled him. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm not sure if I'd go that far, but uh, the power of something compelled him certainly. And does, and, it, uh, put, does it put you in the mind yeah. of uh, of a mad person? I it's like a Polanski film in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, yeah. That's, so. I think that's somehow worthy. I don't know. I mean, it's certainly maybe not enjoyable to go down one of those, you know, go on that kind of journey in a film. Yeah. But sometimes it's interesting. Okay, okay so let's statement. talk about let's yeah, talk about True Grit and, yes. and Fighter. Let's talk about one that not yeah. only I have seen. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I thought True Grit was fantastic. Me too. I, uh, I, you know, it's it's a, it's, I like when the Coen Brothers have a little restraint and they aren't like Coen Brothersing it up all uh-huh. over the place. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a straightforward western. Uh, I think it has a little bit of their weird detachment. You know, the kind of the emotional detachment that you see in their movies. Like it doesn't doesn't go all the way in Hollywood style with like making you feel. But I I. Thought the performances were great, uh, and I and I really it's just a, I thought it was a good solid. If you like westerns, I thought it's a good st- solid western. Um, and I feel I feel like their their brand of emotional detachment fits um, the story they were trying to tell because these these characters in this in the wild west or whatever you know this uh, it's a very dangerous place. Everyone has to sort of look out for themselves. They have a very narrow worldview, mm-hmm. and so they care about the things that matter to them. Yeah. And not whether the moral or not, they don't care about you know this yeah. this girl um, wants this guy brought back to be hanged for the crime of killing her father, yeah. mm. and she doesn't care that he's killed people before and he's got other warrants for having killed other people. She wants right. she only cares that he pays for the one crime yeah. that is important to her. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think the Coen Brothers and style fits that. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a good point. And also the, and then you've got Rooster T Feathers or whatever his name is. What's his name? Rooster Cogburn. Rooster Cogburn. And uh, he's the same. You know, he's he doesn't give a shit about anybody too. Right. And and so you're right. It fits the it fits the characters to have a film be kind of like uh, unsentimental. I guess is a nice way of mm-hmm. saying it. What did you think, Jimmy? Well, uh, admittedly, I got there four minutes late. Did you miss? Uh, yeah, you missed the whole thing about how her father was killed. <laughs> what what happened? <laughs> oh, and you missed the Undertaker, who's probably the, one of the funniest parts. Wait, of the who's movie. the Undertaker? What happens? He's a wrestler in WWE. <laughs> oh, good God, Paul Bearer. <laughs> Wait, how does the movie start? Maybe I didn't miss that all that much. Uh, the train pulls up to the station. Girl departs. Exterior. Watch. <laughs> and then she goes to uh, she goes to look for the sheriff. Day. Well, the first thing she does is she goes to identify her father's body. Right. And the Undertaker, who is is very funny. He keeps saying, like, if if you would like to... You can kiss him now if you'd like he, to. No, if he keeps saying, if you'd like to kiss him now, that would be all right. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the joke at the end, when he she says she doesn't, you know, she's paid for the the casket and stuff and doesn't have enough money for lodgings, and he goes, you can stay here, and if you'd like to sleep in one of the coffins, that would be all right. <laughs> oh, i got to tell you something. I missed nothing then. Oh, oh you saw right. that? Okay, yeah, yeah, I did you, did, that. you yeah, saw yeah. the whole thing. You definitely saw the whole thing. Yeah, yeah okay, great. Uh, now you can talk about it. I, th- I thought the performances were good. I thought the, you know, I, I judge a movie on how uh, if I have to go to the bathroom during it. <laughs> and I had to go twice, so I had to rush out twice. And I... Uh, that could just be what you drank before. Yeah, I think you have a misunderstanding. It's hard to put that on the film. No, usually I can, uh, you know, if I'm if I'm really into the movie, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't... Yeah, you uh, don't think about it. I, I, I don't know. I just, I found myself drifting in and out of it. I thought it was good. Uh, didn't think it was great. I uh, I'm kind of the same way. It's okay. The, we're two and two. Let's battle. The, uh, <laughs> Chicken the <Co-> fight. <laughs> the Coens do have uh, they do have a an emotional detachment that that can be uh, bothersome if it depend, but it depends on uh, the content. Of course, it really fits with No Country for Old Men because everyone there is just dead on the inside anyway. But <laughs> uh, but in True Grit, there's I mean the the characters are very colorful and it, it's it's a it's a solid movie. It's very good. I wouldn't say I I just don't think it's great. Um, but there are certain, and I just I I didn't feel remarkably invested, which is strange to say. Yeah. That said, um, my uh, of course beautiful cinematography that that's to be expected. Mm, agreed. Editing gorgeous, um, flawless, seamless. I didn't. I, I went from one scene to the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't see any. Never shopping. Sometimes a guy <laughs> in the middle of his speech hit break up, and it's obvious they're in a different part of that speech. Or so just like thirty seconds of black in between. <laughs> yeah, two sometimes a movie will just stop, and you're like, "God, this is horrible." Yeah, no, I agree with you, that, David. I am upset that you are taking part in this because you're usually the person to talk about editing. But I guess you get the never not funny guys in the room, and I'm the asshole. I, no, I mean, it's such a weird thing to talk about because, like, you don't know unless I mean, I don't know. It, I think it's hard to not sound like a jackass when you're talking about editing in a film because, like, you don't know what they cut out. You don't know <laughs> oh, what don't they were dealing with. I just mean, like, the flow to, like, gunfights yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff Oh, I, like I that. 100% agree. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, although it, it goes back to that, that Todd Berry joke where they, he was at a... I'm going to butcher this, where he, he talking to somebody about a movie, and he said, uh, do, you like, do you like that movie? Uh, my, my wife and I thought that the uh, lighting, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. Really? Even the lighting guy wouldn't have thought that. <laughs> like, like that was the, uh, Again, I butchered that to pieces, but uh, that's the premise, and we wish everybody luck <laughs> who works on lighting and jokes. And uh, as, much as, I, as much as I like uh, Jeff Bridges' performance, and I do, I like how committed he is to just being largely unintelligible. <laughs> um, there's a certain degree of admiration in that. Um, and then uh, Haley Steinfeld, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I thought she was really great. Um, 
much like when I saw The Departed, I'm more, I, I get more and more depressed. Uh, depressed. Impressed is what I meant to say. <laughs> Very different thing. Um, uh, I'm more and more impressed with Matt Damon. I've always liked him as an yes. actor. Yes, but totally. But I like his level of commitment to playing the character that is kind of unlikable, but, in, uh, but unlikable in a certain way. In The Departed, there's Jack Nicholson unlikable, where you love to hate him. And then there's Matt Damon unlikable, where you're like, oh, this Weasley guy, I can't wait till he gets shot in the head. <laughs> right. right. And he's kind of, and people, and he's often kind of made the fool in the movie. Yeah. And, and in this, he plays, you know, this kind of cocky, vain guy who's not totally capable, and he redeems himself at the end, certainly. But uh, but, but, it's, I just, but it doesn't change. I mean, he's still right. an asshole when oh, he's absolutely. walking off. Yeah. He still has to brag about it. Like, yeah. that's uh-huh. what's great. Like, yeah, I, I love a movie star who can just be, uh, you know, whatever. You know, he's he doesn't have to be uh, the hero. He doesn't, you know, he's not vain, I think. You know, yeah. he looks doesn't look particularly good in this movie. <laughs> he gets his tongue bitten in half in the middle of it and sounds like a... <laughs> Throughout you know, the rest of the movie, yeah. he sounds like that guy from Rat Race. Sounds like Vince Veloff. <laughs> I would have cast Vince Veloff. You know the guy could do it. He's, <laughs> he's cornered that market of people with missing tongues. Um, but uh, yeah, and that's the thing is, is when the Coens told him, "Hey, by the way, from this point on in the film, yeah. there's a possibility people are going to laugh at every line you say because there's going to yeah. be this tongue thing." And he just said, "Yeah, all right," and 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 he commits to that role. And I just, it's. I, I, I have such respect for him as, as an actor. And I, I just happened to watch The Informant uh, mm-hmm. for the second time, uh, the third time, a couple days ago. And I just remember third how much I, I, I love that movie. What time do you have on your hands? <laughs> third yeah, time wh- for The Informant. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was cut out of that movie. I'm sorry. I still haven't seen Dreamgirls of that. I was that cut out of that movie. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I haven't seen either. I don't see movies that Jimmy Pardo was cut out of. Thank, I appreciate Good. it. Nice. Dreamgirls is a great movie. Oh. And the performance right. a good movie. Yeah. Now that you say I can see it. I'll I would see it. it. I, I It was my favorite movie of uh, whatever that year was. 2007? Six. 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 Yeah. Time for the last shit. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I love that he's he's like a clown. You're laughing at him. But at the same time, when he starts whipping the girl with a switch, yeah. you're mm-hmm. like, wow, he's a... F- like, this, like, he doesn't... There, there's no uh, qualms about making this guy, like, really... Kind yeah. of a piece of shit, basically, and and, uh, and but even before that, when he tells her, like she wakes up and he's in his room, and she's yeah, like, he's like, I basically I, says I'd rape you. He's like, I thought about, <laughs> I thought about stealing the kiss, but you are very, very young and sickly and unattractive to boot. <laughs> <laughs> and he does get some genuine, some genuine laughs. I do. Yeah. I, I've always liked how much the uh, the Cone Brothers, even in the midst of what would appear to be uh, a drama or like a, a, a genre film. How committed they are to just having genuine laughs yeah. in there, and not necessarily I think that's milking. We talked it about either. Matt the first time you were on the show. Matt was our first guest ever on the show. Um, I didn't know that. Episode twenty three. And, 23. I remember and uh, we talked about movies that don't that aren't comedies nominally, but are hilarious. And mm-hmm. we talked at length about Goodfellas and the scene yeah. at uh, <laughs> Joe Pesci's mom's dinner uh, table. Yeah. One dog's looking this way, the other dog's looking. Hey, wh- what are you? What are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's ad libbing this ridiculous thing based on a <laughs> shitty painting that's yeah. behind him. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yeah. I just uh, rewatched Raging Bull the other day. One of the most uh, depressing. I'm using. I'm meaning to use that word in this case. One of the most depressing one of the most movies impressive ever. Impressive movies. It's it is kind of impressive, <laughs> but um, the. Uh, and I forgot how, mu- how many laughs are in that, also from Joe Pesci. Yeah. Like, there's a part where, in the midst of, we know Robert De Niro's going to come in and beat the hell out of his brother for possibly fucking his wife. Um, and uh, 
But uh, so we know that's coming. And then we cut to Joe Pesci eating dinner with his family, and he's talking to his kid. He's like, "If you put your hi- your fingers in your food one more time, I'm going to stab you in the face with this knife." And it's just like that's yeah. your child. That's uh, like the Lo- the R- Lorraine Bracco in Goodfellas. Uh, just a total throwaway moment that makes me and my wife laugh every time. Is uh, they're at the dinner table. It's in the midst of the crazy coke period of the movie, where you know everything's uh-huh. going to shit, and you know they're they're going through the drawers looking for whatever. But she goes to the kid. Don't feed the dog from the plate from the t- from the table from the plate on top of it. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so this is such a weird like phrasing of it that I totally fucked up in, in retelling. Let me tell you my Todd Berry joke again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, we both butchered things. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Joe Pesci, you know, uh, I apologize. Uh, hotel room. I was in a hotel room last week, and uh, my cousin Vinny came on, and uh, that holds up. That's a yeah. funny movie. Yeah. Well, there's, I that's a it. good movie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I think I enjoyed it, uh, seen it in a while. as much as I thought I did when I uh, first saw it. it what? Is, it's kind of. <laughs> what I, used to? I got it. You don't like it? No, no. It's uh, it's a movie that I enjoy quite a bit, and I was actually okay. So on Christmas, my friends and I watched The Santa Claus, hold, which holds up surprising uh, surprisingly. Um, and you mean al- it's just as bad as you remember <laughs> it being? <laughs> it's it's pretty great and a lot of solid. Funny laugh a lot of people rave about that movie. I admit, I, I've, I've never seen it. it. I've never seen it's it. It's not great. But I saw uh, it when I was a kid. I don't really remember it. All right. Well, yeah, I saw it a, f- we a couple of weeks about ago. The Santa Claus with Tim Allen, not Santa Claus the movie with W. Moore and John Lithgow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and David Huddleston. Speaking of uh, uh, Coen Brothers, Big Lebowski. What's the one with Vince Vaughn and uh, Paul Giamatti? Oh, oh Fred, Fred Claus. Claus. Fred Claus. That's horrible. Brother, brother. Did you see that? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. No. You see weird. It takes things a lot for me not to see a Vince Vaughn movie too. <laughs> but I, I, I'm that one, and then yeah. that uh, couple's retreat. Uh, is that what it's called? Yeah. Didn't see that either. Didn't you gonna see the dilemma when it comes out? Uh, I like Ron Howard. Okay. So I'll, I'll go see that motion picture. I'm seeing it on Tuesday. Actually. Oh, Vince Vaughn congratulations! Has, has uh, like spread. Like he's got the bloat face. He yeah. looks like yeah. he's been boozing quite yeah. a bit. I don't disagree with that. So you saw. I apologize. We I interrupted. Uh, oh yeah. In oh, so David we did. we also watched. Uh, <laughs> I'm. It's fine. I'm used to it. Uh, I wa- we also watched Home Alone that day. A lot of funny in Home Alone. Yeah, yeah I like that movie. Uh, I don't love it as much as I used to, but I do. I love uh, Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. Great. And Macaulay Culkin is very good in it as well, considering that he's like nine. It's, it yeah. carries that movie. But um, And I remember, it's uh, as strange as it sounds, in spite of the film Love Ranch, which came out this year, there's probably like an entire... Yeah, uh, Taylor Hackford directed it, yeah. Alan Mirren's in it, and Joe Pesci is in it. And it's like, aside from... The Good Shepherd, which came out, and he had kind of a bit role in. There's going to be an entire generation, I feel like, of film fans who don't really know who Joe Pesci is. I yeah, mean, he kind of retired. Yeah. But well, he kind of became uh, a little. Uh, oh, I, I don't want to say Michael Caine, but there, who was the other fellow? Bob Hoskins. Yeah. He kind of Bob Hoskins uh, his career for a little while there, where he just was showing up in everything, mm. and I think people got sick of Joe Pesci. And it was a, he was. And beca- becoming a parody of himself. Yeah, and you right. and yeah, you had heads in a duffel bag. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. That was a, a while and ago. the fourth lethal weapon where he's just yeah. a right. gnat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, and like he he ruined like the he he is a great actor, I believe, yeah. but um but he's known for those Scorsese movies mm-hmm. and then these other sort of lesser movies, he just kind of riffs on that same persona. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, I think it cheapens how good he is in the other I ones. I agree with that. Just like, There's that scene in uh, Home Alone where he's uh, where they're following, where they're slowly driving behind Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'll, I'll, I don't know the lines like you guys do, <laughs> but uh, they're following him, and Culkin looks back and sees these being followed, and so he starts running. He goes, oh, yeah, something's up. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't know it's yeah. them. <laughs> oh, he's running. He's running out. Oh, yeah, something's yeah. up. Yeah. He's like, he's like, 
I knew there was something wrong. Why would he run? Yeah, that's <laughs> it. I, I, just, I, just, I, just, I don't know the lines. Clearly following him. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I had the pleasure of doing a uh, pilot once with uh, with Daniel Stern. Mm. And it was interesting. He's like, he goes, I've had the greatest life in the world. I've been part of three of the biggest movie franchises. Mm-hmm. In it, and it was uh, Home Alone and City Slickers, and there's a third one. But uh, Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> well, he was in, he was in probably, Diner, uh, but it wasn't a franchise. That, you know, I apologize. It wasn't. It was uh, Wonder, Wonder Years, Years was the other oh, one. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, he's been par- part of these three yeah, iconic yeah. things. And, yeah. you know, you never think of a Dan Stern. And uh, well, I do. I... <laughs> I mean, I, it's weird. Like City Slickers, those I think there were two of them. They were, those were huge. First one was and, and a good movie, and, and yeah, yeah. But but they don't like people don't talk about them. There's certain movies that just are you know huge hits, and then they kind of people just kind of move on, and you just go, you know, it's kind of forgotten. Like you said, I think people will not go back and visit that en masse, You know, the way right. like some class like Home Alone, people will watch it over and over and over again forever. Yeah. It's it's gonna be on T V every year and that's that's great. Some, but there's a lot of funny in there. Yeah. Pink into the head. Who doesn't <laughs> laugh at that? Yeah. But yeah, I'm trying to think of more recent examples, but I, like uh like the Nicolas Cage National Treasure franchise, like mm-hmm. has just been raking in money in both mm-hmm. of its films, but it's not a movie that anyone's gonna be talking about right. in fifteen right. years. Disposable. Right. I've never seen those either, so yeah, I don't normal. mean to should I? Well, I want to say one more thing quickly about uh, True Grit, which okay. I found odd, and uh, I don't know if you guys will agree, but I feel like uh, Jeff Bridges is so intrinsically likable <laughs> as a as a performer and a person <laughs> that I, I I almost wished that someone else had played that part. Here, here. I wanted a guy that was really despicable, who you just go, oh, the worst. Oh, this guy's awful. And, but I I liked him all the way through, and so at the end when he has. You know what amounts to, and this isn't a spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen it. Is what you expect from a movie like this. There's a turn where he redeems himself. It doesn't really have that much impact to me because he's. I, I was always like, oh, he's a lovable old. I 100 percent agree with that. I 100 percent agree. He's, he's almost Walter <coughs> Mathauian. Yeah, yeah. He's just like a <laughs> kind of more of a curmudgeon than anything else. Yeah. And just like, oh, he drinks, but come right, on. Right, yeah, right. I agree. And yeah. I don't. I don't think Jeff Bridges even has control of that. I don't think he meant to make the character lovable. I think he just is. So beloved. I mean, you can't. You even with a shitty, scraggly beard and an eye patch and dirty, you know, long johns on, you still fucking want to give the guy a hug. You know? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I was, you know, I, I, this is going to sound like ridiculous, but uh, it, I almost had the same problem with Waterworld. It, <laughs> <laughs> that when it's supposed to, well, Waterworld's the future, obviously, but uh, <laughs> the uh, where there's nothing, right? Yeah. There's nothing. They're living in the old west, yet he's got this. Futuristic eye patch <laughs> that just wonderfully goes around his yeah, other eye, right, and it's just right, perfect. Right. Whereas, I, I would like to think back in those days, the guy had a, a piece of leather that hung right. with a piece of string that wrapped around yeah. his face. Right. It yeah. wouldn't be this precise. It, it was very well fitted. It was, it was, yeah, it curved. It curved over his forehead. And, and listen, I know that you got your your, your better cobblers and craftsmen <laughs> for in that time. But I was thrown by how perfect the eye patch I did. was. A lot of people I don't know that cobblers make eye patches. I well. guess I'm talking about all crafts, <laughs> leather sir. works. It's a all leather works. works. Look, you can't specialize. You get in there with it all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's the old west. You take whatever job you can get. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to assume Shoe, that, back, eye patch. that back then, the optometrist was really just the guy who made eye patches because, like, <laughs> oh, there's something wrong with your eye. Okay, well, this is all I can do. Yeah, that's I'm all I can do. Let me right, right, right. Just cover yeah, that. I got a new thing. design. <laughs> I got the arch. Yeah, so now that I've said that, I might have overstated how much I loved True Grit. I thought it was a really good movie, but I did think it fell short. And and, and as much as I love the Coen brothers, I do feel like the Hollywood version of that movie where they really go for it 100% with, like, the, with the, the, the relationship where... 
they, they basically t- they took out the moment that every other like uh, like a Hollywood director would put in, which is mm-hmm. the scene between Jeff Bridges and and Haley Steinfeld, where they actually uh, admit they care about each other, you right. know, or or need each other somehow. I'm That's o- just not there. I'm okay with that scene not being there because it comes about when he, you know, is carrying, yeah. her, you know, he's on the horse and he's like, you know, uh, stabbing we're the into ho- spoiler Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Record. But, you know, near the end, he fairly wordlessly yeah. shows how much he's committed a- Absolutely, to and, that, and that's good filmmaking. I, I, I don't totally feel that, but I also think, you know, there's something to be said for the great mo- character moment in a movie where two, where two characters actually share a thing that isn't, where one of them isn't delirious from, spoiler alert, poison. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and and then and then has to scream out in agony as the guy that she cares about <laughs> and shoots her favorite horse. They <laughs> 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 just warned you about spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah. He's, he he's made spoilers. the warning, and that's why we can talk about it. <laughs> right. But I, well, he said let's move on, and then you pursue the. Uh, <laughs> Did you say let's move on, or <laughs> let's he, he kind of said, yeah, let's. Uh, I don't know how it works here. Let's see the, the movie. He said, let's move on to the rest of the spoilers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I thought he meant. <laughs> That's, I, I, if I'm you, I edit that out. That's, Look, uh, they wind up getting married. Spoilers. Yeah, sorry. Um, and then she goes on to kill Richard Kimball's. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just fact. It's a part of the historical record. If people don't know their history, that's not my fault. <laughs> You've just ruined the movie for some people. No one's going to understand that if they haven't seen it. That's um, a solid joke. Well, no, they're going to be waiting for the moment where that happens. <laughs> Look. Can we go back to the beginning of the show and say, don't <laughs> listen to this if you haven't seen True okay, we'll Hello, and welcome aboard the Battleship <laughs> Retention. <laughs> all right. Um, all right, we'll talk about... All aboard! We all, we all also saw The Fighter, but I don't want to leave True yes. without mentioning how funny is it when it looks like there's a bear riding a horse. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. That was pretty awesome. And, it, a, and it does have a nice laugh line at the end where it's just silence, silence, getting closer, <laughs> getting closer. And, just, and then when the guy <laughs> with the big scraggly beard l- shows up, and then it just... A nice long take on uh, Jeff Bridges' face, and he just goes, "You are not Lapeef." <laughs> <laughs> oh, like I like when they when they cut down that corpse, and he <laughs> and he kicks him over and goes, "I do not know this man." <laughs> well, listen, I, you guys are fast and loose with spoilers. It turns out. <laughs> uh, oh, that's so. Not it's not a bear riding a horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better see the movie before you listen to this. Sorry. Um, Okay, I like so to assume that people probably already have. That's that's yeah. What I, that's I what know. I tell we, myself. We rushed out to see it in a cram session. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we'll drop in the thing at the beginning. How's it uh, doing? You, do you guys follow the? It's doing I very don't. well. Okay. Um, it's it it has lost to little fuckers. Right. <sighs> I didn't see it, but it, it it infuriates me. The fact of it infuriates me. But um, it has lost. T- it's gone up against it two weeks in a row, and yeah. it has been second both times. But it has consistently. It's making some money. People yeah. are seeing it, and it, I, it has a good, you know, it's it's a, a prestige film with and a I, good pedigree. I think this weekend it might Little actually Fockers? have won. Oh, okay, so yeah, Little Fockers. <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's just say though, like I, I don't, I haven't seen it either. But okay. the first Meet the Parents is a great comedy. No. That's a I don't what I don't, I don't like it. I never oh liked it. Oh my god, that I, I, I is feel like it's it's pushing too hard at the comedy of discomfort thing. Like I like when they get in, like on the British Office, they get into. They get into the situations naturally, yeah. whereas in Me the Parents, at every turn, if he had just had half a ball sack, he could have <laughs> stood up well, for himself that's and the, made things that's right. That's the pretense that lets the movie occur. I mean, you can't really... It's just really fr- a frustration for me. It's about a guy who can't right. stand up for and speak up for himself, basically, kind of, you know, like he's he if he had balls, then he would have just asked or him half to a marry ball him. Sack. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, care I, for I that think. You, what do you think? I'm very torn. I'm very torn because I remember laughing a lot. It's a. It's a. But funny looking movie, back yeah. on it, I just remember. I, 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 I'm. I'm with, with David, where it's like you know, for the the ex boyfriend's family would never treat the guy like that, mm-hmm. and they would never. You know, they would never get mad at him for just you know what you oh, you played volleyball. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. should have known not to spike. Really, we're all spiking. I mean, I, everything. <laughs> I, I just it's yeah. you know it is almost no, like that you. Steve Carell thing yeah. in, in the yeah. American Office where it's. You know, uh, he didn't do, or Larry David, just fold the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> fold the shirt. Uh, come oh, come on, Foggy Fokker. Yeah, it drives me crazy, too. When it, I mean, I think it's a fine line, and I think this, I did see Meet the Fokker is the second one, and I think mm-hmm. that's clearly on the wrong side of that line where it's Oh, it's horrible. There's not a good moment in that movie. There's it's not just, one yeah. good moment. It's excruciating. Okay, I want to, actually, before we move on to the fighter, I want to talk about uh, in terms of terrible family comedies, I wanted to get your impression, Matt, because you started a website, thespecialthing.com, mm-hmm. that was originally a Tenacious D mm-hmm. fan website. <laughs> um, I can't remember which. I'm, I feel bad I'm not going to be able to pull the credit, but uh, one of the movie blogs that I read re- recently ran a headline. It was a picture. It was the the uh, the poster for Gulliver's Travels, yeah. and it said, Congratulations, Jack Black. You are now Robin Williams. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> what do you wow. think of Jack Black's career now? I'm a little saddened by it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I think he's, I I, I think he, I mean, I I've, I, I like him as a performer, but I I think he's done some movies that were not good, obviously, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't. I mean, I don't want to sound like who the fuck am I? I don't want to sound like an asshole. I I just don't know that he's a movie star. I I think he maybe was put in a position that was not the best. Did you see Gulliver's Travels? No, Is he's it, good. Really? Okay, he's that's good. good to Did hear. You see it? No, I didn't see it. He's good in it. It's it's. I I maintain. You know, Tenacious D was something that he was doing until he got to be a movie star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, you yeah. know, we everybody puts it on this pedestal. He was just. He's a guy. Right. You know, you and I started a podcast. Right. He started this stupid rock and roll band. Right. Right. To, mm-hmm. to for his love of heavy metal, mm-hmm. and he's a silly jackass. Yeah. So he combined the two yeah. and. The alt scene, the alt comedy scene embraced it, yeah. and they liked this idiot. And I, right. I say idiot complimentary. Right. So uh, to me, he is that was something he did yeah. until he became what he is now, which is Robin Williams. And I don't necessarily know that that's a slam because he was right. – I, I think we all expected different things from him. He's a right. fucking actor. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I, I, I certainly don't – I'm not saying you should stay in your little – you know, just, just keep doing the one thing that I enjoyed the most. I, I'm not at all saying that. I think – he, uh, I, I just, I would rather see him do smaller movies where he. But what would he? He's too big to do smaller thing, movies. And that, that, I think I, I mean too big uh, as a, star. a performer. Yeah. Oh, 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 star. oh I, I see what too, you're saying. I think he's too broad. Yeah. Well, here, here's what but I, here, I think. Here's he can what do I do other things. I, I think, I don't think that Jack Black is. Um, I think he's good at what he does. I don't know that he's a really well-rounded actor mm-hmm. the way that. John Hill, for instance, has shown that he is with uh, this movie Cyrus, which I don't know if you guys saw. I, I did see Cyrus. He is. Uh, did you like it? I, I liked it. But did you, do you agree? I that, don't know if I liked that, it. That Jonah Hill is <laughs> shows, a, nice shows job. A, a lot more. I actually didn't like John C. Uh, it's not his best. Riley, really? Um, That's interesting. And or, I, I, I generally like him. I, I no. just found the movie very forced, very uh, button pushy indie hell sort of. Right, I can mm-hmm. see that. By, again, but I, you know, Gulliver's Travels is not a great movie. Um, but he's uh, he's fun at it, and my you know I again I sat next to my son who you uh-huh. know laughed for an hour and a half, and that's yeah. all that matters. 
Um, my, my point is not that I don't think he should do big or small movies. I think that there's a range for him. And when he's doing his character in High Fidelity or School of Rock, which I think yeah. is a, like the perfect use of, mm-hmm. his, yeah. of his persona, I, I don't care if he's doing big movies or not. I just feel like him being like a family movie star doesn't fit with his his energy, which is kind of yeah. Uh, but I think, but I think I don't know. I I, I but I think yeah. I, I, I kind of disagree. I, in seeing him in Gulliver's Travels, it's like oh yeah, this guy can now make a career being this guy. And, yeah. and there's nothing okay. wrong with being that guy. When you, right yeah, in, he is. Like, That's my mom actually said, she goes, because uh, I'm on record, uh, I've never been a big Jack Black fan. And when he was on Conan recently, I was like, well, why don't I like this guy? He's kind of fun. And mm-hmm. he just kind of is this jackass. Yeah. And then my mom said, I like, uh, right as we were going to see Gulliver's Travels, she said, I like Jack Black. He's not afraid to just be silly. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, I watched the movie through those yeah. those eyes going, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. And that's something that you value highly in, in performers, the ability to not take yourself seriously yeah. and be silly. But it, somehow when he does it, I think it, I, I will admit as, as someone who has been a huge fan of his that it can be grating when he, when he goes too far. Uh, I, we, I just think, uh, you know, um, yeah. he ca- <laughs> Timmy just threw a bottle on the floor very dismissively. Uh, I I. I don't begrudge him doing those movies. I I feel bad that he's become kind of a punchline. You know, like that comment about Robin Williams right. is clearly they mean the Robin Williams of uh, RV Patch Adams, right? RV. Yeah, not not the Robin Williams of like Insomnia. Or but like again, I I think that we you you alternative assholes <laughs> Come on, have man. put him up on this pedestal, <laughs> and you expect him to be better than this, and yeah, he's yeah. just a, a guy. I right. was kind of gonna say in the not as harsh terms the same thing that maybe the problem for you guys like you and me Matt is that we're we're hanging on to the Tenacious yes. D or Mr. Show version of Jack Black because that was so important to our yeah. development as comedy nerds mm-hmm. or, or or what have you so maybe maybe we just need to learn to let go I, I think I have let go but you know if, if the topic comes up I, I would rather see him I, I think he can be big in small movies where it makes sense I, I did not like that movie at all um that he did with Nicole Kidman. Uh, no, no. Oh, Margot with the Wedding? Margot with the Wedding, yeah. And I thought... Uh, uh, that was, wasn't that my least favorite movie of that year? Probably. Give that a record? Yeah. My least favorite of that year? <laughs> but uh, but I thought it showed... Like, I, I kind of would rather he do th- more things like that, just just to just try, you know, mm-hmm. do other things. Yeah, I actually liked him in that. I, yeah. I, I hated that I mean, movie, but thing. I liked him. Like, I think he can be more than just a clown. I think he actually has more acting ability than 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 is apparent in most of his work but uh you know it's if that's what he wants to be doing great i i kind of i actually you know felt like this might be good for him that he's kind of gone i mean i think it was it was around year one that movie where everyone suddenly went oh god jack black like it seemed like the world collectively decided they were tired of of his face help either yeah yeah, well, that was a, I that like was a King Kong, back. and I like him in King Kong. Oh my That's God, me. I don't like that. It's yeah. almost like you want me to get mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't dislike King Kong. I just thought he was wrongly cast. Uh, I think, I think that I, I agree that he's wrongly cast. But I think that, I guess it comes again. It comes down to commitment. His commitment to playing that role. He did the best that he could with what he was given as far as lines and the fact that he. Yeah, I mean, really shouldn't a, have been in that part, mm. but like committing to it and and recognizing that he was cast, kind of make the part sort of a 
comic relief while also playing a certain type of sociopathic he's kind uh, of the character. villain i mean yeah he's he's kind of yeah the comic relief and the villain in a weird way yeah but uh but also <laughs> my take on that is that um pre-diet peter jackson was like i'm gonna cast the guy who looks the most like me <laughs> as the director <laughs> someone was recently talking about how like christopher nolan cast Leonardo yes. DiCaprio. I can't remember who there was a whole like. Yeah, list there was of, a, like, there was a thing in Entertainment Weekly showing like three or four director and their <laughs> favorite stars and how crazy it is that like they seem to be wanting like this is who I think I look like. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. so Peter Jackson is like, all right, well Kevin Smith isn't available, right? So I guess <laughs> we can plug Jack Black in. But I think I think uh, what's what's interesting. I I'd not heard that uh, com- comparison to Robin Williams, and I think it it really works and could be a good thing because. He lost. I think he kind of lost some cred in one area, which is with all comedy fans and such. Um, uh, we don't wield any real power anyway. Yeah, what is he <laughs> not really. Um, <laughs> he won't miss us. <laughs> but uh, but I think he he gained it elsewhere as somebody who can carry a movie. And I haven't seen Gulliver, Gulliver's Travels, but he certainly has a great deal of charisma and can certainly carry a movie if he needs to. And I think he's going to do a lot of crappy movies, but that will enable him to do films much like Robin Williams did where he was in One Hour Photo, which is not a great movie, but he's really good in it. Right. And it wouldn't it probably wouldn't have gotten made if he hadn't been attached to it. And he was Robin Williams is wonderful in Insomnia. He's wonderful in a movie that you and I both love, World's Greatest Dad. Oh, that was really good, yeah. And uh, I still have not movie. seen it. Yeah. It is that's Bobcat Gothwitch yeah. Yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. And it's and it's really wonderful. And so I feel like I feel like uh, Jack Black has that kind of manic energy that that he can probably played down and channel into something else and I could see maybe in a few years him having uh, a different a different looking career where he can play characters that maybe don't make us totally comfortable all the time. Yeah. I think there's some of that in King Kong. I didn't see Margot at the wedding. But uh yeah, did I you see year 1? <laughs> no, I didn't. I want to talk about <laughs> year 1 because I have this thing that we've talked about on the show before as a as a comedy fan, if a movie makes me laugh more than half the time, I'm gonna go pretty easy on it. Even yeah. though year one is clearly just uh, was I don't I, I don't know what happened in that editing room. It's it, this is a movie. Uh, example movie that's editing. Editing. very badly edited. But no, I mean, it looks like there there. I mean, there are sprocket holes all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell's going on? But there are what scenes I mean. that just seem to end too early, or like s- plot lines that don't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And but at, uh, and mo- and a good number of the jokes fall flat. But at the end of the day, I laughed more than I didn't for. 88 minutes. I kind of, so like, I, if I hadn't been discouraged so thoroughly, I kind of wanted to see it because it seems like, I mean, there's funny people in it, and I don't know. I, it was Harold Ramis, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I love, you know, I love it's, it's his got work. all kinds of, like, David Cross and Paul Rudd yeah. and um, uh, Michael Sarah. Paul Shear shows up. Yeah, Matt yeah. Besser shows up. Lots yeah, of people. Yeah. How could it go wrong? It's about <laughs> Neanderthals <laughs> crossing a plane. <laughs> well, what it does. went wrong? The the concept of the film sounded really good to me, it, like very much History of the World Part One kind yeah, of thing, yeah. um, but at the same time with a concept that is that's that high concept, you really need to it's do it right, it's or it's otherwise yeah. it's going to be lazy. Oh uh, yeah, it's, it could very easily be the worst. I mean, like yeah. when you put people in loincloths, there's only two things are going to happen. It's either going to be good or hot, horribly awful. Well, it, oh. it also seemed like there were different hot. versions of the screenplay that they because like. The David Cross Paul Rudd stuff is like inching towards being really dark, but you can tell they like softened it for the movie, and then the rest of the movie is not that dark at all. Right. Their it's thing is Cain and Abel, right? Yeah. Okay. 
That's kind of interesting. Did it drop 500 degrees in here since <laughs> we've been here? <laughs> I was actually thinking the I was getting a little warm. I was talking about loincloths. You are <laughs> continuing to lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> no insulation. Um, but uh, now we've been going for an hour, but I don't want to. I don't want to have wasted the movies that you guys have seen. Oh, we got the fighter. We got to talk about the fighter. Yeah, and I also saw the King's Speech. Just to I, 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 I have not it. seen the King's Speech. I, I think you'll love about it. The only um, guy in Hollywood that didn't get a screener. Everybody else got a screener in this town. Wait, you saw it. You didn't. I didn't see it. Okay. All right, we'll talk about it next time. <laughs> okay. you, you loved it. Uh, I, we're not talking about it. I just want to okay. know. Okay. Right. I, I really liked it. It's a, it's it's yeah. in my top ten. Really wonderful performances, right. but uh, left me uh, kind of dry. All right. It sucks. And let's move on to the fighter. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Talk about a movie that's not a comedy, but made me laugh a lot. The yeah. fighter has a lot of really funny yes. stuff in it with yeah. the with his with his sisters, <laughs> and every time the phrase MTV girl is used, it's funnier <laughs> than the time before. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh, I thought it was. Maybe my favorite movie of of the year. Hmm. I thought it was great. I really liked it. I have some I, I have some strong reservations about it. There's I like to hear them. I like um, Jimmy. Quick opinion. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to hear his reservations. Oh boy. Um, I feel like there are a- elements of the story that David O. Russell was not that interested in and kind of glazes over. Like I feel like the whole crack addiction is treated kind of perfunctorily. Uh, That's what I liked about it. That's so funny. I was just uh, we were, my wife and I were talking about this. I like that it didn't take you into hell. You know, uh-huh. it was like because for 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 those characters, it wasn't hell. They were they were having a good time until it ruined his life because he went to jail. You know, but like and it was ruining his life on some level. But that was just his life. And and he's a clown. I mean, this character Dicky is a uh-huh. is a clown. And so everything. I, I love that he's jumping out the window in the trash bin <laughs> <laughs> over and over again. And it's all kind of fun and funny. And, and you can see how, in a real-world situation, how a family could kind of turn a blind eye to something that's a, a really horrible thing. Mm-hmm. But it just is an ongoing thing that everyone just goes, because Because the other version of it, the to me, the more sort of conventional version of, of that world is so like melodramatic and crazy right. That you just go, well, how could these, how could his brother and how could his mom and dad and everyone else just live with it? But you totally understand why they didn't do anything about it because it's just, it's just part of, right. it's just the fact. I, I liked it. it. Was I felt it was very naturalistic in that way that it was like this is how this would be if this was your situation. Also, also, also structurally, I think if you were to go deep into deeper into his addiction, then it becomes Dickie's movie and. Mm-hmm. One of the aspects of the film is that Dicky has always overshadowed his uh, Mark. Is it Mickey? It's Mickey. Dicky yeah. and Mickey, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, that's right. I think I just realized <laughs> that's that. That's right. Um, Thank you, mom and dad. But <laughs> good parents. Obviously, the movie is mostly about how good his parents were. Uh, but Mickey is now everything I say is going to sound silly. Mickey's yeah. always overshadowed by Dicky, yep. um, and uh, and the film is about him recognizing no i'm going to be the lead role in my own story yeah. I, it's not going to be his and so by i mean it, it is it how much were you like uh sort of drenched in the boston accent when there's like the climactic moment he's like this is my fight not yours not <laughs> yours, <laughs> not <laughs> yours. <laughs> there's uh i'll t- i'll tell the story off air it's that i've told it already about right. my trip to boston but anyway um the uh so i think that because i remember you and i after you saw it you mentioned that that thing that you had uh, a problem with 
And uh, and I remember thinking, well, that's what it needs to be because otherwise there's just either too much screen time spent on Dicky or just we're just we're just too emotionally involved in him that after a while Mickey becomes sort of an afterthought, which he almost sort of does already anyway, just by virtue of the force of Christian Bale's performance and the and the, <laughs> the void of Mark Wahlberg's performance. I think Mark Wahlberg <laughs> does very very well, he, but he's good at doing that. You know, yeah. like he, yeah, you, he, you know, you always shit on him. I I, I think he's good. Mark Wahlberg. I think he's limited, but I think when he's in the like he when he plays this kind of character, a guy who kind of can't speak up for himself and is mm-hmm. is kind of a meathead. I think that that works. I just think uh, I don't know. I just think it's interesting that he he's a great role picker. Like Mark Wahlberg picks great roles and makes mm-hmm. gr- almost. I mean, like even I don't know. I don't see every movie he makes, but you can tell that he uh, is smart by the you know he's not. He's not Jack Black. He's not like, hey, yeah, I'll do a movie where I'm a fucking Neanderthal. Why not? <laughs> right. He's fucking, he's, he's, he's more careful than that. And, and he's uh, done some of his best work with David O. Russell. I yeah. like uh, yeah. Three Kings. I love him in I Heart Huggabees. I know that's kind of an advisive movie, but I like And it. that's something where he is kind of outside of his normal mm. uh, yeah. his normal role. But Here's what I found myself thinking during The Fighter. All right, this takes place in 1993. It's based on a, on a true story, 1993. Where are Marky Mark and the Funky Punch? Yeah. Why, why yeah. Are that same question. <laughs> they're not popular. Are they going to go see them perform at the Worcester <laughs> Centrum? Because <laughs> uh, it seems like it, there's one scene that, like, they're really, because the, the, I mean, I lived, at, uh, I went to high school in Concord, Massachusetts, which mm-hmm. is, like, probably t- 15, 20 minutes away from Lowell, and and at that exact time from uh-huh. 90 to 93, and the the dress and the hair could not have been more accurate. <laughs> terrifyingly accurate. Uh, but yeah, so I, I really was like, man, what's going on with... Uh, where's NKOTB? <laughs> Every once in a while I do, in watching that movie, I thought like, they're playing up the the hair and all that because that's what we remember, but in, in our memory it's really not like that. It is. That's it really what it is. looked like at the time. It really, really is. Very unfortunate. And it's also like, uh, again, I'll... I'll name drop my wife. She was like, it, it was perfect because it was 93, and yet they all looked like 87. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was like in, in, in Lowell. Like, in a lot of Massachusetts, they were kind of five years behind, so. Or six. Um, my, my, other, my other major reservation is that I, I feel like um, Alice, the mom, Melissa Leah's character, yeah. becomes increasingly one note as the movie yes, goes on. Yes, I agree with that completely. Yeah. Which I actually disagree with wholeheartedly. Really? Yeah, because uh, it's. I don't think she becomes one note. I think her character is just pushed to the sidelines, as because it, the the film is completely from Mark Wahlberg's point of view, um, even even when there are scenes that have nothing to do with him. And so it is about her being pushed to the side in his own life to make room for Amy Adams, which is why I remember you you mentioned that it seemed like they couldn't both be fully developed characters at the same time. And I think that's how it is for him. Amy Adams repl- basically replaces his mother in good ways and bad and uh, and just starts dictating to him the way his mom did. And so his mom doesn't have that role, doesn't play that role for him anymore. But then, uh, and I remember at the, en- at the end, uh, there's a scene where, I don't think this is, there's a big fight at the end. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, A boxing match, you mean? <laughs> Oddly enough, no, it's a gunfight. Uh, <laughs> but there is a um, there's a, a wonderful scene where Wahlberg's like almost on the ropes. I mean, he's in bad shape, and uh, and Dickie is is like, okay, just stay standing, you'll be fine. And Amy Adams' character, who does not understand boxing, 
yells like, "Give him a stool and let him sit down." Yeah. And and rather and and Dicky can't be bothered talking to her. Instead, uh, Alice stands up and whispers to her why this can't why that can't happen why that's a bad idea and what i like about that is that it shows growth in her character because earlier in the film she would have just said shut the fuck up (laughs) mtv girl mtv girl yeah you're wild um but uh it's and that's the thing is it it shows that and she may not even she may not even like her but she's accepted the situation Mm -hmm. and so i like that moment Mm -hmm. because even without Having this big scene between the two of them, a lot of a lot of yeah, you stuff is communicated. You get that they're resolved. They okay, resolve Jimmy. Something. Overall thoughts on the film? You know what? I, I liked it a lot, but I could uh, I could be talked into not liking it at all. <laughs> I mean, I really that's wow. the truth. Like I liked yeah. it, and then as my wife and I were driving home, we were talking about it. It's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And oh, oh yeah, that's oh yeah, oh yeah, that stunk too. Oh yeah, that was weird. She didn't. So she didn't like. She it. She actually she liked it, but yeah. she she found uh, all the stuff with the mother and sisters to be very cartoony. Yeah, and but uh, you know what? I, again, and and I just, it's not, it's it doesn't make it a good movie or a better movie, but it that is what it's like in Massachusetts. Well, I, well, I, I agree with that, but it just, uh, you know, I also, you know, Conan O'Brien's sister is one of the yes. one of the sisters, oh. and we know that going in, and then you go, well, which one is <laughs> there? She is. <laughs> oh, you mean Conan in a wig? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so every time those girls came on, it's hard. To, it was hard to. It takes you out. It of took it. me out of it. <laughs> so it. It's very cartoony, and but I I, I think like I I like that David O. Russell can find humor in things that are kind of real and and kind of in like kind of hard to 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 deal with. You know, like that's that family was extremely dysfunctional, uh-huh. uh, but 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 that doesn't mean there wa- that there isn't love, and and it doesn't mean that they don't. Ever, I think movies too often, especially independent films, make the mistake of, oh well, if people are poor or if there's some dysfunction in a family, then every moment of their lives is horrible, right. and every no one ever smiles or laughs, and it's like that's not true, obviously. And this is a movie that isn't afraid to be like, no, you know what, these people enjoy their lives for whatever that means or whatever it's worth, and and it shows it the way that I kind of feel like it is, where it's like to them there's meaning, you know, to to them there is some happiness and joy, even if they kind of seem like cartoons from the outside. So. Let me ask you a question. You yeah. ever see a bad boxing movie? You know what? I was thinking that afterwards. I always love boxing movies. I do, too. And yet, even I don't like boxing. I know. I, don't, I would never I don't watch, watch boxing. boxing. I'm not interested in boxing, but yeah. you, you give me a boxing movie, I, man, I love them. I what about uh, Against the Ropes with Meg Ryan? Well, listen. <laughs> There's always an exception uh, to the rule. I, mean, I, never, I, never, I, I bet you that one's I not. never saw it. I haven't seen it either. That's where she's the manager, right? And I think she, so. Uh, uh, it's a true story of this woman, of uh, uh, Melissa Leo's character. That's what that movie's all about. <laughs> um, Do Rocky sequels <laughs> count? I don't know enough about the movie that I had That's to like, wait question. to see if either. you were joking. Rocky, wait, Rocky, which, Rocky sequels do not count. Which you ones don't you like? The fifth one. Or the uh, not Rocky Balboa, but not... Rocky Four, where no, he Rocky Five stinks. Rocky Five is with the, the one where it's supposed to be the end, and yeah. then thank God they made Rocky Balboa so that you could forget about Rocky Five. Rocky Balboa, surprisingly good, right? Like it's good, like uh, not great, but Ro- Rocky yeah. Five stinks until they get to the end where they kind of have that montage no. of the Rocky movies, and then you kind of get <laughs> choked up because you remember how much like, you oh loved yeah, these those used movies. To be good. Growing uh, up, Clubber um, Lang, we hardly knew you. Uh, <laughs> what about Diggstown? I love Diggstown. I was just going to mention Jimmy Diggstown. Woods. I was going <laughs> to ask if it was actually good because it was a movie that I watched when I was the, the thrill 
for for me was that I was watching an R-rated movie before my parents would have allowed me to. <laughs> I like snuck over to a friend's house. We would watch it, like watched it a few times. And so my memory of Dick's Town is that it's great, but that's because it was, they were saying fuck, and I was <laughs> right, nine yeah, years yeah. old or whatever. So is it actually a good movie? I, you I know think what? it's a good movie. I think it is. I didn't see. I didn't know what I. I'd heard of it, but didn't really know what it was until like my mid twenties, and a friend of mine was like, "You got to watch this. It's actually, you won't believe how good it is." And so. I can say with a relatively fresh memory of it that it's a really, really good movie. It has a great tagline. The con is on. It, <laughs> oh, I was thinking of the other one. It's not whether you win or lose, it's how you fix the game. That's pretty good. That's good. Oh, that movie's yeah. got two <laughs> catchphrases. <laughs> Both really good. And it, al- it always so. makes me want to sing Steve Miller's Swing Town to the <laughs> theme song. Jigs <laughs> <laughs> Town. Uh, there is a movie that I have not seen, but I know more about than I probably should. Uh, called Gla- called Gladiator. It's not that one. Yeah, it's with James Marshall. Yeah, it's and good. Bri- <laughs> and Brian Dennehy. Yeah. Am I James okay. Marshall from Twin Peaks? Yes. Yeah. And Brian Dennehy is like his trainer, or he's like a, he's like a bad guy, right, or something. I I don't really remember it. I remember seeing it in the theater, and that's another one where it was like this movie probably isn't good, but I I saw it in high school and I thought it was great. Doesn't Brian just because it's a boxing movie? Doesn't like somebody? Doesn't one of the boxers? opt out of the of the fight and then Brian Dennehy's like you can't do that and he gets so angry that he gets in the ring <laughs> I, think <laughs> I think you might be right okay that sounds familiar that's what I know about Gladiator and that's because I remember looking at the backs of the uh, at the back of the box on uh of the VHS and seeing Brian Dennehy in the ring yeah <laughs> with his, Jesus. With his fists up yeah, so. I, I probably shouldn't talk about how much I love that, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> or I should probably check it out again before. I, I, I remember it had a good soundtrack, too. That might also not be true, but <laughs> I feel like there were some good hip-hop songs on there. All right, uh, and I think on that note, we should probably end, because it is getting close to 3 o'clock. And that movie came out, I think, the year that The Fighter takes place in. We're ending. <laughs> <laughs> Look it up. That unnecessary piece of trivia <laughs> is just prolonging well, this. Uh, I've got really I've got one more necessary okay. thing. Um, oh, here we go. I, I just wanted to mention how one thing I really loved about the fighter is that they uh, put this awful just sailor talk in the mouth of America's next top sweetheart, uh, Amy Adams. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, she was great. It's she was very fun. good. The best part. She's always good. <laughs> yeah. When Dicky keeps buzzing her door and you could <laughs> yeah, 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 fuck yeah. you, dude, cocksucker. <laughs> yeah, that stuff was really funny. That was very funny. I uh, I thought she was terrific, uh, and I and I was told by. Uh, the aforementioned Jen Kirkman, mm-hmm. uh, hey, you're going to be thrown by her accent. I did not grow up there, so uh, I, it didn't sound any weirder to me than any of the other ones. I, yeah. gr- I grew up near there, and I didn't. I wasn't distracted by it. I, you know, it, it might not be as authentic as Mark Wahlberg's, who is no. from Dorchester. I thought it was. Good. I thought she I thought was she good. Was fine, I mean, yeah. she. I mean, listen. Anytime a British uh, actress is taking on an American accent. Uh, it's going to be. She's not from Britain. Britain. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna say. But, but no. But look. But hey, let me ask you. What's the movie that uh, Christian Bale uh, when, when he went nuts on that uh, Terminator? Uh, Termin- uh, Terminator Salvation. Okay, thank you. I just I could not remember. Uh, so I I may have spent a lot of this movie wondering what scene it was that he was shooting that he then lost his temper. Any of them? I think. Yeah, it I could have been. He's nuts, um, right? That is still. Uh, I know it's too. It's too recent. But I think that's up there with the the Buddy Guy tapes and the Orson Casey, Wells Casey and Kasem. Buddy Rich. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah Buddy Rich <laughs> is what I meant. Thank you. Um, I'd like to hear the Buddy Guy tapes. <laughs> Just him playing guitar and getting mad at the audience. <laughs> the blues man losing his temper. Um yeah, that Christian Bale thing is—it's just—it's great. Two and a half minutes of solid gold. Howard Stern always points out that he doesn't drop the American accent while he's <laughs> yeah. mad. Yeah, like like you're still you're still in character. He's yeah. angry and just you know. 
Well, and that's what's crazy about the fighter. Like uh, going back to Jen Kirkman's point, his accent is phenomenal, and yeah. he couldn't be further from. Right. The I did area. like that they showed, uh, and spoiler alert, that they showed the clip of the real guys at the end. Yeah, that it, was yeah. cool. You're like, oh, they wait, this guy wasn't a cartoon at all. He, right. That's right. what this guy was. Well, and I also, I, actually, this is the main point I wanted to make about that movie is I, you kind of expect the movie to be about how this guy has to get away from his cancerous family. <laughs> and then at the end, I, I was kind of surprised by the turn, but I think it yeah. works that it's not about that. It's about how you have to find a way to live with your family. And I think that really resonated with me because my family is horrible. (laughs) 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 We'll see you next time. (laughs) Yeah, it's not about about, uh, just abandoning everybody that might keep you down or whatever. It's about... Because that would be easy. easy. Yeah, standing up and saying, "Well, no, I'm a part of this family, yeah. and I I deserve a right." And an they opinion. deserve they deserve it too. Like right. they, I, you you want him to go to Vegas and and get away from them, but right. that not only is that not fair to him because then he's cutting all ties with his family, but it's not fair to them because they legitimately have helped him develop and and for whatever for better or worse, they are part of who he is as a fighter and as a, a man. And it would be too cathartic because. Uh, Nobody, uh, nobody is able. Very few people are able to do that in their lives. We all right. have to deal with our families. It's real, exactly. Yeah. It's r- it's actually real that you cannot escape your family. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and on nice. that note, okay. Thank you, Matt and Jimmy, so much for joining us on our My pleasure. episode. Thanks for having us. Um, you Congratulations can, again. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, you can find us at battleshipretention.com or on iTunes. You can email us Tyler at battleshipretention.com or David at battleshipretention.com. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash the pretension. You can follow Tyler on Twitter at twitter.com slash more lessons, which is the official Twitter of his other podcast, More Than One Lesson, which you can find at more than one lesson.com or on iTunes. And you can find my weekly television review podcast previously on it, previously on show.com or in iTunes. Matt and Jimmy, where can people find you on the internet? Need to apologize. I thought we were done. <laughs> uh, this was not video. I walked away from the table uh, in a disrespectful way, and I do apologize to <laughs> the uh, to our gracious right. hosts. Uh, Never not funny is the name of the podcast. Podcast.com is the website. Uh, people like it. The Twitter handle is at Never Not Funny. I do not Twitter. I put messages on Jimmy's behalf on there sometimes, <laughs> or just general announcements. And uh, that would explain those those messages, the the twitters where it's just the tweets where it's just I Jimmy Pardo smell bad, <laughs> or oh, I Jimmy Pardo never well, shower. I thought I told I do not follow not Twitter. I don't, I don't even that, that could that. that could be the case, and I wouldn't even know it. I'm joking. I think it's, that'd be really. I'm gonna do that. You should do that. Great it's idea. A lot of fun. <laughs> JimmyPardo.com. JimmyPardo.com. At oh. Matt Belknap, if you want to follow me. For when does this movie. go up? Uh, next Sunday, so a, a week, week from, from today. today. Uh, January 22nd, we will be in Chicago doing uh, Never Not Funny Live. Uh, Congress with, uh, Theater. At the Congress Theater. Uh, with, uh, Chicago radio legend Gary Meyer uh, mm-hmm. will be one of our guests, as well as comedian Mike Toomey, and we are looking forward to it. Uh, if you are in the Chicagoland area and you liked, uh, you don't listen to our show, but you liked what you heard here today, uh, come on out. It's congresschicago.com for tickets. January 22nd. All right. And, and we're uh, at Sketchfest. SF Sketchfest oh next the following We'll weekend. also be at Sketchfest. 29th. Now, Sketchfest starts... <laughs> SFSketchfest.com. So <laughs> Sketchfest starts uh, sometime in January and ends in, like, August? Yeah! <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> um, Something like that. <laughs> and then, of course, real quick, uh, not to get maudlin, but... Uh, Jim, you, you don't have to respond to this, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, David and I have have uh, commented in the past uh, that Never Not Funny was a big influence on Battleship Pretension, specifically in 
our style, the freewheeling kind of thing. And, um, and me learning what a podcast was, for example. <laughs> and, um, and so, yeah, it, it means a lot that you guys have been on the show before and certainly that you're on now. And uh, we're big fans of the show. And if anybody, uh, if you've not heard Never Not Funny, you know what? Do yourself a favor. Go pay the 20 bucks, 25 if you want the video, and get it. You, you won't be sorry. Thank you. It's so very nice of you. So. My pleasure. All right. Or you can hear it for free 20 minutes a week at uh, iTunes. But who wants to do that? Just in case you're curious. More, more people than you think. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. <laughs> All right. On that note, thank you for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>